What's going on, friends? This is Random Number 107. That's right, Roomies and Movies, episode 107. I'm Ox. That over there is Luke. And we're going to be telling you about all the best and best and greatest stuff you should be watching, some you should be avoiding. Uh, obviously, we got the weeklies we're doing, um, the DCU on universe. Uh, we are wrapping up Gouda Omens this week. We watched the final two episodes uh, for the best and worst list, we didn't have a worst side of things, so we watched The Fellowship of the Ring, which is actually a couple weeks premature, but we didn't want to watch that out of line with Two Towers, so we did that first. And then theatrically, we got Annabelle Comes Home, Anna, yesterday, and surprise, Spider-Man Comes uh, Spider-Man Far From Home, which will be on the end of the podcast, so if you're avoiding spoilers, you can dodge up. Dip it out of it before we get to it. So, yeah. mm-hmm. Spider Man dies. Spoilers. <laughs> Did you get everything watched on the list? Everything that you specifically named, yes. Okay. Uh, what didn't you get watched? Why you got to worry about that? Let's just get into it and we'll be a surprise. Fair enough. Um, well, let's start with Good Omens because I'm guessing that's freshest on your mind. Is it those last? Maybe. <laughs> I mean, I did just watch it. I would say it's the best chance of being freshest on your mind. Um, so six episodes. You've actually read this story long ago. Um, do you think it held up to the book as much as I think it did? Eh, it's fine. Yeah, it's just it's like it's fine. <laughs> I think it holds true to what we've been saying up to this point. I think uh, Michael Sheen and David Tennant do a superior job with their roles that um, everything else just accentuates their uh, parts they play. Um, Obviously, the twist caught me off guard because I didn't know what to expect, but I'm sure you knew coming into this how it was all going to play out. But uh, yeah, there was a twist. I mean, them not dying. Oh, I thought, I was like, did I miss some, like, M. Night shit? There was a twist? <laughs> no, I'm sure you knew that coming into this, that they were going to be prosecuted, but uh, they would be wearing each other's skins. Which was kind of fun, fun little touch. It was fine. <laughs> Again, like, I don't think... Anything particularly stood out in these two episodes that we hadn't seen in the previous four? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I think the uh, Bentley scene was probably my favorite of the whole series. Um, the pushing through the flames. Of course it was. Yeah, I mean, of course. Of course. <laughs> You're a big dumb car guy. Don't say that. It's Cars easy. Are awesome. I, I, I don't. Like everything we watch, I can be like, oh, I know exactly what he likes out of it. You know, yep, he liked the car stuff. Uh, Lord of the Rings, yeah, he liked the big, dumb, bearded dwarf, I bet. It's real hard to figure out who you are. <laughs> You're an idiot. And we'll get around to that all later. Um, but yeah, I, I'm just intrigued by Neil Gaiman's writing. And I, I feel it's awesome that they're adapting all his stuff because he's such a prolific writer. So. I don't know. Do you have anything else to add on Good Omens? Was it? Did it hold up? And would you recommend it to people? 
Yeah, it's fine. I don't think it's worth not binging. Yeah. Because every time I come back to it, I'm just like, oh, it's still the same. Like, I feel if we had gone through it, it would have been like the whole thing as opposed to bits and pieces. Yeah, yeah. I get that. Um, Although I really did enjoy watching it week to week and just coming back to these characters week after week. So. I fucking hate watching stuff week to week. It was the worst. Who came up with this idea? <laughs> I mean, that's all on you. <laughs> so, uh, jumping from there, uh, let's go DC Universe. Um, starting with Titans. Uh, we, get uh, the... we get the team coming together. Yeah. Shit, man. That's always good storytelling. Bringing the team together. Uh we get the, they learn a little bit about each other. They grow closer. They try to learn to become a unit. There's some fucking like it's you know what more could you want? I'm still weirded out by Beast Boys change. Um, it just feels like they could do that better. But um, the addition of a new Robin, I think this is the first time I've ever seen two Robins in one place at the same time, which was kind of a shock to me. <sighs> <laughs> you obviously have never read Batman comic books because they're just flying around everywhere. <laughs> See, I didn't know that. And, like, I knew that a couple of them had died, so I figured they were just replaced. Um, I just didn't know they existed at the same time, at the same period, so. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was cool to see that. Uh, I'm guessing we're going to get Batman in the next couple episodes, so. We've got that. I don't know. Cool. We're going to definitely deal with, like, they're going down a like the interesting road that I always go to when you talk about like the extended Batman family, quote unquote, is just like this is a dude who is profoundly damaged by trauma he experienced as a child. So in turn, he weaponizes children to fight that and in turn damages them. It's a very interesting thing that it never I don't think the story has ever really fully explored. Mm-hmm. Do you think they're going to do it justice with the Titan show? Eh, probably not. But I mean, like, that's why, uh, you know, there's a lot of that in Dick's character of him being like, you know, I had to move away from this because of what it was doing to me and it was changing who I was and stuff. But, you know, it's literally like a man who's just like, I would never want another child to be hurt the way I was through crime. So in turn... I'm going to train children to become yeah. soldiers in my war against crime and willingly expose them to the violence that they probably wouldn't mm-hmm. experience without it. I also feel like the show's just a little jostly. Um, it doesn't make sense for him to leave in the middle of the night just to go track down this new lead he has with the family rather than just wait out till the sun and like, so Starfire would have her powers back and like why wouldn't they just go all all go it's not like they have a destination they're trying to get to right now. So Well, I mean like you don't take everyone including the the thing the bad no. guy wants into his lair. No, I mean, I I I know that, but I mean at least take them closer so I mean it's not the drive back to Ohio I think there are. Um Oh, I think they were still in Illinois. Oh. But I, I don't know. It just seems a little odd that they're that that Dick seems like he's wants to build this team, but he's 
the most he's the person that doesn't want to be in the team most of them so i don't know it's just weird but that being said the action is great and i love the uh apartment fight as well as the uh hotel showdown yeah it's good stuff like there was that part where like you know at, at times you're like yeah this is just like a show and it's fine. And then, like, Robin fucking breaks a fucking wine bottle and shanks a guy, like, 27 times in the <laughs> face with it. And you're like, oh, wait. The show goes a little beyond what it needs to do every now and then. Uh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, from there to Doom Patrol. And we get the conclusion to last week's episode with the uh, whichever arc it is. But uh, I'm intrigued by Jane being the deuce ex machina for most of this. But, uh, that being said, like, all the other stuff is just fucking rad still. Um. Oh, everything's rad. Yeah. Even the Jane stuff's rad. Yeah, yeah. Come on, man. Like, being like, we need to go back in time and start our own cult is the only way to (laughs) defeat this cult. It's it's batshit insane. And I love it. I love every bit of it. Um, and it comes down to the end. It comes down to a staring contest. <laughs> it's so. Ridiculous. But come on, man! When like when they're in there trying to find the rewritten book of the recreator, and then all of a sudden, like there's like these like fifty year old mental patients running down the street dancing to ring your bell. <laughs> I was like, this is my kind of show. I have never given a shit about that song until right now, and now I'm like, that's a great song. Only because it <laughs> summons an eye in the sky. Um, it's just ridiculous. I love it. Um, so, yeah, Doom Patrol still firing on all cylinders. Um, and then Swamp Thing. But, what? Oh, I don't I don't know. My phone vibrated and I was like, huh? I, I got scared. <laughs> and then Swamp Thing, uh, we get a little of the little girl. Shauna, I believe it is. Um, Shit, you think I know anyone's name on the show? Come on. Listen, it was a real stretch. I was just going to go with Little Girl, and then it popped into my head, so I was like, oh yeah, Shauna. Um, but the <laughs> girl that was dragged away that Abby had thought she had drowned forever ago, which, as a competent adult, she can't realize that she didn't just fucking hold somebody's head under the water. Um, ridiculous. Eh, well, you know, like, it's you know, torturing yourself over a trauma you experienced yeah. that you blame yourself for is it makes sense. Um, I didn't like this episode. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah I was kind of lukewarm on it. Um, I did like the stuff with Swamp Thing where he's like, kind of figuring out what it is that he's kind of supposed to do. Um, and then we get the Blue Devil suit shown off. <laughs> so. Yeah, that happened. Yeah, I, I, I like you. I liked the him kind of learning his connection to the swamp and, you know, you understanding that these trees have been there forever and they're sentient in a way and he can tap into it and see their memories and stuff. Like, I like that. But overall, it felt like there was a lot of, like, wheel spinning. Yeah. And I was kind of like, this is, like, the halfway point of the season, guys. Like, for getting your episode order cut down, like – I assume it happened far enough in production that they couldn't throw away these filler episodes like this. Yeah. 
Uh, which is it's just crazy because last week, like, it felt very self-contained to the point where, like, it wasn't necessarily one of my favorite episodes, but, like, I understand why they did it the way they did. But this one just feels like just, we don't know what the hell we're supposed to be doing, so we got these bits. And, uh, yeah, it just kind of fell flat, but I still, like, fucking, I love Swamp Thing's design enough that it's like, yeah, just keep picking ass, so. True, but he didn't rip anybody in half. It's true. I need some ripping. That's that's a very great point. <laughs> so, um, let's see. Plus, well, like, what a bitch young Abby was. Like, <laughs> your friend's like, come come join me. We're going to do this together. And you're like, no, I'm just going to push you off this bridge. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah, you know what? I take that back. She did kill her. <laughs> and also, I loved how they were making a big deal of it. And that bridge looked like it was about, what, six feet above the water? Yeah. <laughs> you're fucking two days away from graduating. You haven't jumped off this half a story uh, bridge into the into the bayou. Just quit being a bitch. <sighs> but I did like because like I was literally watching that scene and I was like, "This is what she's tormenting herself over." That that child deserved <laughs> to die. If it and then you're like, "Oh no, something took her." Okay, okay, now that makes a little more sense. Yeah. Um. But yeah, still good. I I'm still intrigued by the whole series. So pushing on. Uh, did you watch those spookies? Yes. Yeah, so good. The sea, sea monster. I don't think we have to keep going back to it. Like, you should just know that you have to watch this series because it's so fucking good. Mm. But it was one of those things, like, I was talking to a buddy of mine, too, and I was just like, because he was watching something. And I was like, he, he was trying to get me to watch something. And I was like, I'll get to it eventually. I'm just, like, backlogged to all the shit. And I was like, I'm watching this and this. And I was like, oh, and Los Spookies. He's like, is it good? And I was like, it's really good, but I can't recommend it to anyone because I don't know how to explain it. No, fuck that. I I recommended it to everybody. I'm like, just fucking watch it. What are you doing with yourself? Um, being halfway through the season now. Um, yeah, it's only six. I'm in, I'm interested to see if we do this like horror movie for the next three episodes, or it's just going to be a self-contained episode, which I think it probably will be. Um, like the writing is ridiculously tight, um, for being a half hour episode. Yeah. Like it just blows my mind. Yeah. Plus it has things like the pervert Pepito. <laughs> Fuck that guy. <laughs> oh, this damn show is so fucking funny. Watch it. For Sea Monster alone. <laughs> just get the Sea Monster. And if you don't like Sea Monster, duck out. Tell me I'm an idiot. I'm fine with that. We can see monsters fantastic. Hold on, see monster. <laughs> so good. Um, from there to Euphoria. How'd you feel about it this, this... week? <laughs> Are you ready to tap out yet? Listen, I hate I hate you because you watched it prior to me and they play a DMX song about three-fourths the way through and you were excited at that point and I was like oh shit we're gonna end with a DMX song so like everything's building up to this and I'm like five minutes into the episode I was like you know what I can turn this off and just be done with it and just never come back to it and like 
10 more minutes, I was like, fuck. Now I'm stupidly hooked. Because they do the storytelling thing from, like, uh, 13 Reasons Why, where they're doing, like, character dives each episode. And I'm like, shit. Like, that never connected with the first two episodes, but this third one with Cat, I was like, all right, now I'm kind of interested to see what Mm. the other characters are like. I agree. And I don't don't appreciate it about me, but it's got me hooked, and plus DMX fucking brought it around for me. That was the only redeeming part when I'm just like, this terrible rap song from, like, (laughs) the Cradle to the Grave soundtrack is the best part of the show. 20-year-old rap song. So good, but it's just like you got one. I hate that they do these character dives. Uh, even we could even use your analogy and we can compare it to 13 Reasons Why. 13 Reasons Why we did character dives on the main girl's perception and how she viewed these people within her own specter and they were able to listen to these tapes themselves and it was about clay going to them and saying them being like listen there's fucking two sides to these stories like her version doesn't always match you know how she saw me she didn't understand this was going on so it delves deeper into these characters i hate the fact that it's just rue yeah fucking uh doing all of it when she's already explicitly stated that she's not a trustworthy narrator and we shouldn't listen to what she says. Mm. And then she's the one narrating everyone's story. Mm, that makes sense. Um, I, I think I want to give it at least one more episode. I want to see what happens between Tyler and uh, Jules um, with their faded <sighs> meetings. Listen, I, so... I, I'm trying uh... to find any point to get out of this show now, but like, damn it. The last half of this episode really hooked me back. You fool! And like I totally, like I totally accept it. You're just like, listen, I'm not watching anymore. I'm like, all right, but I'll give it one more episode. Um, like the idea that because uh, I haven't quite figured out what's going on with is. I'm assuming you know these people's names because you're throwing around Tyler. Um, I hate that you take someone who is playing this stereotypical bully jock character and then you're being like, oh, is he this way? Because he's secretly homosexual. I think that's a very derivative and kind of offensive way to go about it. But also he's just fucking dumb. Like the fact that he's just like, dude, if you want to like think about your sexuality and look at a dick, go ahead. But, like, you don't save those pictures to your phone. What are you doing? You have a whole catalog full of them that you have your phone with your girlfriend who knows the password to it. It's like, whatevs. <laughs> or you, like, you hide that in another folder. That was just in his fucking camera roll. You can't tell me the kid's that dumb. <laughs> uh, I also... Uh, uh, what else do I hate about this show? A lot. The um, uh, NA meeting, I'm guessing? No, I actually liked the stuff with her and NA and uh, with um, the guy who's calling her on her bullshit. Yeah, yeah. yeah I actually like that. Stuff. I think I'm more, but, I mean, more interested to see how that um, develops next episode um, more than anything else. Um but yeah, I just think this Tyler whole situation is going to be wrapped, maybe wrapped up in the next episode. But I, I can totally see this 
it's weird because they're taking probably at least a half hour of every hour to just talk about one character at a time. And like this whole story's unfolding in between all these bits. So I don't know. It's Well, it's not even that. It's that there's useless digressions that don't add up to anything. Yeah. Like why, why are we following? God damn. I hate that. I hate the show so much. I don't know anyone on it. Um, I hate that we follow this, the blonde girl to her college boyfriend's dorm for a frat party because there's that doesn't do anything. Yeah. One, their storyline is fucking dumb, <laughs> and this doesn't help you. But it's so that we can watch a party about a frat and see people get stripped naked and drink goldfish, and it's just like, stop trying to be fucking edgy. This is dumb. See, um, and I think there's a real disconnect. Like, I don't think the story has anything to say just because I feel like it's very copy and pasted from the Israeli series, I believe it is. Um, I, like, I pulled up some pictures from the uh, original series, and, like, the characters look almost identical to... Like, they're, uh, a few of them are gender-bent. Obviously, Rue is a girl versus a boy from the original series, but, like, it, it all feels very generic. And, like... Yeah. And I hate... I hate the like we took like five minutes out of like sure you're not telling a good or interesting story but you take five minutes away to do a fucking digression about dick pics that doesn't say anything but you're showing a lot of penises so you're edgy it's like this is just shit Mm. I hate everything about it I hear you I hear you I think we're going to be done for sure after next episode for sure Oh, um, and again, I tech I texted you Sunday because I thought you'd watched it already. But why? I still it, it took me three episodes to finally bring it up. Why is there a fucking child with face tattoos who's <laughs> like this big bad drug dealer? I don't get it. Listen, I really just want to believe that that's a small kid or a small adult, and like you brought it up at this point, and like I definitely was watching for it, and I was like. No, that's definitely a fucking kid. What the hell is going on with him? Like, obviously, his brothers dropped out of school because, but this kid knows marketing enough to, like, run, run all these schemes. And yeah, there's a lot of a mess of this show. I got nothing. I got nothing more than that, anyway. Also, my last thing before we move on. These fucking kids are stupid because everyone just stands in the middle of the fucking street. That's why they have all their epiphanies. And they fucking want to have their conversations. Someone's going to get hit by a car. I mean, you're not wrong. These kids are idiots. Um, so, jumping from there, uh, did you watch Too Old to Die Young? Ah, bingo. That's the one I did not watch. Uh, that's the one I wanted to talk to you about most. Uh, we get Saul from Deadwood for this episode. And he's fucking yeah. great. Um, I really think this episode is going to bring you back into the fold. Um, it kind of seems like they do want to do interesting things with it. Um, you get this very melodramatic evening that uh, happens. And it's it's odd to be on one side or the other. Like, it's it's easy to be a bystander, but like, you're kind of asked to take sides on this decision that was made during the episode. 
Um, but yeah, I fucking hope Saul sticks around for a few episodes because he's fucking pretty great. He's an assassin with one well, eye. <laughs> well, John Hawks is always fantastic. Yeah. So, yeah. so um, what was that? God, what did, I just watched this movie with him recently. I can't remember. Uh, Deadwood. Deadwood. I can't remember. <laughs> no, not that. I can't remember what it was, but like he like was like choking somebody against the wall and threatened to beat him and stuff. It was very powerful, terrifyingly moving stuff, and I can't remember what the fuck it was. Now I'm intrigued by that. For uh, I watched too much stuff. <laughs> That's fair enough. Um, so let's fucking dive into the best with uh, fucking Fellowship of the Ring. And you the said Fellowship. something last week and said this is a nearly perfect movie. And I think it, you just have to ex- expend on that a little bit. Oh, I absolutely do not. That, that's my <laughs> statement. It's still near perfect. Like, they're, it's just it's good. It's great. Uh, basically, I was mainly saying it, especially in comparison to the extended cuts, which ruin all the flow that this movie has. Um, regardless of whether you have any knowledge of Tolkien and the story, or if you're going in blind, like, this movie sets up a history and a future and a world and characters and different species. And immediately you understand everything and you're with it and you start this journey and you go through the, go to where you think it ends and then it throws more on and you follow these characters and it just, it's almost magic that it can do that. Yes to all of that. Um, I guess I never really realized the flow. Um, I do like the extended editions more just because it like gives you more details of everything that's happening. But um, as to you saying about the flow, like just realizing this three hour runtime works so smoothly. And I like this is one of the only trilogy that's an actual saga. Like, um, the same destination for the first movie is still the same destination for the third movie. And whereas with like the Dark Knight trilogy, um, it's different for each movie and like there's disconnect for that. But like, why are you this, invoking Nolan? Why are you this easily could be a nine hour movie that I'd just watch? I have no idea how I would do that as a person trying to watch something for nine hours straight. But uh, well, I can I can tell you, I can tell you that as a person, I have watched all three extended cuts back to back, (laughs) back. Which is insane because I think that's a lot. It's an extra hour for each one of them, right? Close, yeah. That's like, yeah, yeah. It it, it was like eleven hours altogether or something. That's insane, but lovely also. Um, were you a fan of the Hobbit trilogy? Uh, no. God, no. They're fucking awful. Uh, I, I like some of the stuff. Like, I'm not a huge admirer of it, but I think it was just fun to tap this world again. Um, obviously they, I, uh... obviously they had all their production problems at the beginning and kind of threw everything off for all the movies, but. No, those movies, the, 
that trilogy, if we need to talk, one, I've never finished it. Um, <laughs> I've seen the, I've seen the first two. Uh, I hated the first one, and then didn't watch the second one until like I rented it from Redbox for a dollar or something, <laughs> and then never saw the third one. Uh, but like, it's trying to take a far simpler story it's smaller and it, it it's based on a, a like 120 page children's book you know and make it into this three movie nine hour long epic and it just feels forced and fake yeah I, excuse I, me I get that. plus there's that fucking scene where goddamn all the dwarves show up one by one and it goes on for like 45 minutes and I wanted to blow my brain out <laughs> in the theater. Well, with that being said, but I don't think we leave the Shire and then in this movie, 45, right? But like in, in this movie, you know, they bring in 90% of the fellowship in one scene, which is like, here's who these people are. Now we're going. Like this movie knows what it's doing. It's tight. It is. Um, there is a little bit of that lag that comes from not knowing the duration of time, but like they do a good job of kind of pacing it so much. Um, it's a little hard to grasp that they're running from these things that are right on their heels for about three, four weeks or whatever. Um, but I think that only adds to the, uh, heroicness of Strider, uh, which I didn't realize they fucking name drop Strider like 30 times, like near the end of this movie. Like, I think. Yeah, once they know he's Aragorn, they're still calling him Strider. Yeah, so. Um, I think the only problems I had with the movie is the pacing seems very slow for me, obviously, um, just because of setting everything up, but. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Like, it's really just a fantastic no. movie. You're a fucking fool if you think the pacing's off. No, I'm not. Movie... I'm, I'm just saying it's slow. It's too slow for my liking, but still a great movie. What? No. Come on, man. Like, you get you get some little party and some revelry. Well, one, you get ten minutes of expository backstory, mm-hmm. which should not work, but works fucking amazing. That prologue's great. Yeah. Uh and then you get some 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 partying and some hanging out, and then all of a sudden there's fucking ring rates chasing you, and those fucking the design of the Nazgul is so fucking cool. Oh yeah. Uh, and then that just gives you into this big chasing into Rivendale, and then you get the setup, and then guess what happens? We fucking we're fighting demons in a fucking mine, and then there's a big battle at the end on the riverbank. Shit is great. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not taking anything away from it. I'm just saying pacing for myself is a little slow. But th- that's You're only because I know the pacing of the next two, and like it really just picks up from here. Um, what are you talking about? Return of the King is the dumbest, sloggiest of all three of them. Well, I guess the second one picks up a lot from here. Like It, it Does takes it? a slow we can also, well, to well, the battle, but the battle just fucking kicked off, and we're going from there to the end. Mm-mm, I, I don't know. Um, we'll get there because, yeah. like you said, we flipped the order. This should have been two towers this week and fellowship in a couple, but I wasn't launching them out of order. But when we get to two towers, we can talk about how you're you're wrong there. That movie has pacing problems. Yeah, like and... we're fucking 
we're building to this big siege that's going to happen, but oh wait, we got to go listen to a fucking tree talk for 20 minutes. No, <laughs> that's fucking bad pacing. See, and it's, it's something I noticed when I was watching Fellowship is like, I know like the really strong cliff notes and like forget all the like ancillary stuff. Like I was waiting for them to talk to Gladriel and I was like, oh yeah, that doesn't happen on the fucking last quarter of the movie. And it's like, waiting for the stuff and realized it was so much more put together. Obviously I haven't seen this movie for like well over a decade. So a lot of that stuff got lost in the, in between, but like, I remember this being such a zeitgeist moment in culture and like this, this movie has ramifications through pop culture, like for the last two decades. And it's wild. Um, how wonderful this movie actually is. Yeah. So, yeah. It, it, it gives you everything you want. There's fucking creepy monsters getting their heads cut off. Uh, the, uh, the obligatory Sean Bean dying because he can't live in anything he's in. Um, I think this was like the first it. one like everybody realized that. Like it, it was from this and like this to Game of Thrones. It's like that guy just never lives through anything. And it's like Mm, that's really sad. I just wanted him to live through a movie, I guess. Um, but God damn, yeah, but everybody's so young. Fuck. Well, it was I fucking mean, yeah. like almost 20 years ago. It's crazy. It's just crazy. Um, but yeah, what a great fucking movie. Yeah, it's good. It's good. And there's stuff like I haven't watched it in a while, but I was just like, oh, yeah, this is good. It's like <laughs> dipping your toes into some nice warm water. Yeah. And I was just like, McKellen's having fun. Yeah. You know, he's fucking. Come on. I always forget. It's so ridiculous, but I kind of love it. The fucking old man wizard duel. Dude, shit's great. I completely forgot about it. I was like, oh, shit. He goes to the tower. I'm like, he doesn't know. We're going to get some fucking wizard fights. <laughs> I'm fucking down. Hell yeah. Um, I'm excited to see fucking Bullrog in the next one and then another wizard fight, so let's fucking get it. Um, yes. Go watch Fellowship because it's fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, from there, uh, let's go theatrically. Um, let's start with Annabelle because I'm guessing you didn't like it. Um, does that mean you did? I don't listen. I'm about seventy five percent to the point where I liked it. Who I'm finally getting you. You're starting to come up that curve. See, it's the same thing I had with Strangers last year, where like everything's put together well enough. And I think the problem I have with this movie is that I hate it because as I guess a non believer it forces, like, because we went over this with um, La Llorona earlier this year, is like, these movies hinge on the fact that God's gonna come through and save them on faith or whatever. So as a non-believer, it forces me into a hole where I have to believe in God that he'll come in and save the day, whatever. And, like, this movie is such a fun mess of everything that's happening in the movie. And then we get to see a demon for sure. And it's like, I don't know fucking what I like. I slept with my lights on for a couple nights. I was like, Jesus Christ, this damn movie. 
Especially seeing that late at night, I was like, well, fuck you. <laughs> uh, my main thing, and I'm, I'm sure I've talked about it before and i always feel fucking pretentious when i do um like horror is like my favorite genre of film if you actually like put a gun to my head and had me choose i think it does a lot of shit but it can also be some of the most interesting you explore a lot of topics within the, the genre itself uh but in terms of that i've seen a lot which also means i understand how these movies work yeah. um i can uh, you know, just the way the camera starts moving, and when you start doing this blocking, I just I know when the scares are coming. You just it's it, it becomes formulaic. You can see it. Not to discredit anything, you know that works sometimes. You know this movie works as a fun little haunted house thing that should not be rated R. I'm kind of amazed that it they slapped an R rating on this. Um, uh, but you end up, you kind of see the cogs moving, and you see where it's going. Um, I, was, so I was surprised it's fun. how they played it off. Um, but just be seeing like the first half of the trailer, it just seems like the girl just goes in and is just an idiot, just touching. And like that's another thing that just weirds me out about this movie is like this is an actual literal like. Sure, a lot of this is adapted, whatever. But like this is a real thing in. California, like there's this house you can go see this okay. doll that's in a case because like they're afraid of yeah, it. Yeah, you can, but the Warrens were fucking con artists. <laughs> like none of this is real. Come on now. Hmm. That's a good. I didn't know that, and that makes a lot more sense. <laughs> um, the uh, 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 I will say that uh, it seemed to work very well for the people in my theater. Um, starting at the point where, uh, the demon first shows up in the girl's bedroom, uh, until the end, this dude screamed out loud, like this guttural, terrified, I'm dying scream like four times. It's good. It's good. It, it helps me know that there are people not able to deal with it a lot better than I am, so. I didn't scream, yeah, but this guy was just going I'm crazy. sure there were a couple times then, that like, I was like, oh, man, it was close. Yeah, this dude was just like, oh! <laughs> like, <he> just fucking... <laughs> it was great. Uh, and then there was a like a group of girls, like, the aisle in front of me, and then four seats left or whatever, and they were just being like, Jesus Christ, what the fuck? <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is working for these people, so good for them. See, I love that. And, like, I loved going to the paranormal movies on opening night because you get all of that. And it's like, oh, okay. So at least I'm not the only one this is definitely working on. It's like, fuck. So, um, um, yeah, I, like I do think it's weird that uh, they set up the, uh, like, the uh, ghost priest who was, uh, she, she kept seeing and then, you know, the whole concept of, like, not all ghosts are bad or whatever, but he didn't do anything. Like, I thought he was, like, going to help her perform an exorcism or something. I was like, yeah, let's do ghost exorcisms. Yeah. But then they just used a movie instead. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, isn't there another Conjuring movie coming out this year yet? Fuck, who knows, man? <laughs> That's the answer. Who knows? I believe it's the third one, right? Uh, it might be next year, though. Um because we definitely got two this year. Uh, but yeah, 
so you didn't like it at all, or just happy that it worked on something? Oh no, I think I think it's it, it's fine. It, it's definitely just kind of a it's the ideal kind of like popcorn, just in one ear and out the other kind of horror film experience. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So from there, um, I'm guessing you really liked yesterday. Why would you say that? I'm just based on I feel like you're a bigger Beatles fan than I am. Is it because I'm a huge Beatles fan, whereas you're like, oh, the Beatles, every time I ever bring them up? Uh, it could be. could be for sure. Uh, the answer is, I disliked this movie. Huh. That's a little surprising, for sure. Um, is it? Is um, it, though? Thinking on the movie a little bit more, I guess not. Um, uh the ants. Oh, uh, let's. You can start. Let's before after I've <laughs> waxed poetic about four films. I'll let you start the discussion about the Beatles movie. Um. So, as he said, I'm not a huge Beatles fan. Not, like I know their hits, I suppose. Um, but uh, I like the concept. Uh, I think it's an interesting one where they have the couple people that remember them uh, before the lights went out, whatever. And, like, it, he always thinks that they're coming, they call him a fraud, but they're like, no, we're just really happy that somebody brought this. Like, these songs need to exist in the world regardless. Um, and they're happy about that. Um, the way they get there is kind of really sloppy and messy, and I couldn't imagine remembering a whole fucking catalog of musicians' songs or hits just to make a double album worth of songs. Um, but it, it plays on that where he doesn't think she's good enough, but he knows these songs work well within the pop culture uh, arena. And then he lets him lead that, leads him away from who he wants to be. Um, and then he has a decision to make if he's going to be that person or figure out who he wants to be. Mm. Mm. So my answer is anything that there could be interesting, which I was interested in this film and the concept behind it, they don't explore. <laughs> um, there's more. There's one joke paid to the fact that Oasis doesn't exist anymore, but other than that, there's no there's no showing the effect of like what actually would happen if the Beatles didn't exist. Cause as much as you like, don't like them or maybe, mm-hmm. you know, it's not your thing. Like they changed pop culture and the way music was accepted yeah. and heard and what, you know, like you take them away. What the fuck does that mean? So many people were influenced by it and it changed these things. Um, you know, um, it doesn't go down that road. It really doesn't go down. Like, the idea of are these songs popular and survive the test of time? Excuse me. Because they're good songs, would they be accepted today's age? Like, if this dude came out today and wrote, I want to hold your hand, everyone would tell him to fuck off because it sounds like a corny love song <laughs> written in the 60s. Like, it was. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, these songs are nostalgic and that, you know, most people either find the Beatles themselves when they're younger or 
it's a parent's thing to hand them down to you, you know, like, so you get indoctrinated almost when you're younger. <laughs> uh, like, I can't believe that, you know, these people are like, these 20 year old kids are like freaking out about back in the USSR, which I love. It's the best song on the white album, but like, fuck it. Who even knows what the USSR is? You know, like it doesn't, it doesn't try and grapple with the idea of like, what, what do these songs mean in this time and age? If we don't have the nostalgia to hide in, to hold them together. Um, it doesn't, it pays lip service to the idea of, is it the art or the artist? Like, is he not good enough, but he's stealing these songs or is it the idea of, can he play these songs? Was there something magical about the Beatles themselves and what they did with this music or can anyone recopy it? There's all these ideas the film could explore and it just kind of is just like, no, it's just, <clears throat> so we're going to kind of calmly take the piss out of the music industry and tell kind of a shitty love story. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's what the trailer sold us as a movie. And like it, we showed up and it was just like this crabby love story about a guy that doesn't have the guts to ask the one person he, he cares about out. And, uh, it just really felt and also like who the fuck who, who the fuck would have fucking goddamn lily james there their whole entire life and be like oh i'm not gonna do anything about that obviously <laughs> you're like brother and sister uh, it's like you're a fucking idiot goddamn idiots two uh two the movie itself contradicts itself and it drives me nuts um so they say that the only reason that like she like fell in love with his music and everything is when she saw him perform at a talent show doing a cover of Wonderwall. But in this new world, Oasis didn't exist, so he could not have covered Wonderwall at that time. Yes. So how the fuck did this relationship start? Yes, that blew like it kept tearing at my mind and I was like I was so disappointed that they didn't even use that as a way to like no, I was too. Because I was like, <laughs> well, here's the thing. He, he premieres his fucking album on top of the rooftop. And he, you know, gets to the mic and he's just like, you know, I'm done putting you in the wrong column. This song's for you. Uh-huh. And then sings Wonderwall. Yeah. Like, like, that's how you end the movie. Oh, yeah. We're going to get Wonderwall at some point, And we just never do. And instead, the world doesn't know about we Harry also... Potter and cigarettes. <laughs> it's like, well, fuck you. And also, <laughs> they... uh they also spend an inordinate amount of time of him trying to remember the lyrics to Eleanor Rigby, but then he never plays Eleanor Rigby. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck are you doing, movie? Um, but but it also has that thing where, like, the whole time I was watching it, I was like, okay, cool. He's in a coma after getting hit by the bus, and this is about him realizing that, like, even though he's passionate about music, it's not really what he wants. It's the thing he's not seen in front of him. It's about him realizing the love that he, he has between him and L yeah. and then he's going to wake up and then realize that's what he needs to do. Which, but no, this is just a movie where apparently God decided that the Beatles weren't going to exist anymore. And yeah, this movie's so clunky. And even when we get the flashback near the end of the movie, when he, when like she stops in the middle of the road, like, listen, if you go back to teaching, you're going to just going to hate it. Like, why not give that in the front front half of the movie and like show what these two mean to each other rather than oh she just followed him around because he was playing music kind of deal um there's also like 
no actual conflict keeping them apart. Yeah. Like that's, you know, like at, at one point she's literally just like, why was it never me? Like, I have a thing for you. And he's like, well, gotta go. But, I'm not gonna talk to you. <laughs> but it's also like, once you have that conversation with somebody, I feel like you've decided for yourself that you're never gonna be with them because they never chose you. Like, there's always gonna be that tension because you never gave her the time of the day. So, I don't know. This movie just shreds itself. And it's just Kind of disappointing. I was expecting also, a pretty decent Beatles fun movie, but didn't get it. Yeah, because I mean, like, they literally at one point, you know, like, sh- they're talking about miracles, and she's like, it must be God who wants you to do this and have this and stuff. And if that is what it seems the movie is positing, that means he destroyed the lives of John Paul, George, and Ringo. <laughs> Never gave them anything that those that they wanted. They wanted to be musicians and become popular and do these things. Uh, anyone who was inspired by the Beatles gets all that shredded and taken away so that this one dude can be happy. Um, and also, at the end, when he's all like, I, I stole all these songs from these four men, the Beatles. Well, like, he meets John Lennon, so those reporters would go find these people, and they'd be like, what? No, we were never in a band, the Beatles. That's crazy. What are you talking about? None of it makes any sense. It's just, like you said, it's really clumsy and bad. So definitely don't go see that one. Um, From there, (laughs) did you like Anna, at least? Nope. Didn't think so. Um, For me, me, it's that kind of movie... Oh, wait. Here's, Here's... You go first. Okay. Here's the other thing. When I said I know you so well, your answer is going to be, well, it has Dracula in it, so of course I like it. Not true. Uh, He was an added bonus. (laughs) Kind of true. Um, No, it felt like this was a movie that was promised with Red Sparrow and um, Atomic Blonde. Uh, This just felt like... What? It just feels like a really derivative version of those. Uh, It feels much more exciting than either one of those. Maybe well, not. Absolutely not. not. It feels like a good mix of the two, I suppose. Uh, I don't know. Mm. I think it Does it? Yeah. Um, I think it feels. I think. I think. Um, all these movies have incoherent storylines. Um, because that's apparently how you tell us quote-unquote spy movies you just make nothing make sense yeah and then like oh you didn't understand it's like well you didn't tell me <laughs> that's not how this works um but two one at least atomic blonde had fucking way better action you know like the fucking john wick stunt guy is doing it yes. and two at least at least red sparrow as much as i fucking hate that movie kind of dug deeper into like the psychology and what these people are going through and what's happening to them this just seems slick and sheen, and there's nothing there. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I mean by it mixes the two. Because, like, with Atomic Blonde, like, they give you right off the bat, like, everybody survives, whatever. And, like, obviously, there's a big plot device that they're not explaining. And, like, this one, it's only giving you enough to get to the next scene. And... I don't know. I just kind of like that kind of storytelling. I think it works well for the spy genre. You you know what uh, you know what kind of storytelling I don't like <laughs> this. Multiple times, 
when you you show me a scene and then you stop and go six months earlier three months earlier <laughs> four months i fucking hate it it's the dumbest thing ever uh yeah i feel like they should they could have done that a little bit better just like uh do like memento and swap it with a black and white flashback scene um so you can tell where you it are anything but it does i just i hate that storytelling of just being like we tell the story, then we jump back and come back to it, and then we jump back again. Literally, it does it, I think, five times in this movie. Yeah, I think so. Um, I don't know. But compared to with seeing it on the same day as yesterday, I was like, well, this movie's better than that. So, I don't know. Mm. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It seems, it seems not good. Um, I hate the idea within it that, you know, he's like, don't let, you know, men or anyone else dictate your life. You know, you control it and everything. And she literally just flops from person to person and lets them figure everything out for her. Yeah. Yeah. I feel it takes some of her agency away. That makes sense. And I hadn't thought about that, but um, I, I think the action is a little. Hmm. At points better than it was in the Atomic Blonde. Um, but what? I think Are you fucking nuts? I think Atomic Blonde hits that aesthetic look that it needs to be. But, like, when she's fucking tearing through the Kremlin, that's fucking dope as shit. <laughs> it, is it? The, it's, it's that same kind of, um, uh, uh, first person shootery-esque thing of like no one can hit her she does everything in one perfect shot and there's no sense of external struggle or strenuous activity to any of it Mm. there's literally parts where like there's people coming up behind her and then like they just get their head blown off i was like wait what she she was pointing a gun behind her at them like i didn't even how did she know (laughs) who's doing this like did did we cover um, this uh, when we watched Leon, that you're not just a Luke Besson fan? Uh, it's not that I'm not a fan. It's that, one, he's had multiple, multiple, multiple sexual assault charges put against him. And then him being like, here's female empowerment over and over. But he still has that creepy male gaze at everything. I knew there was kind of gross. That I couldn't, um, couldn't pinpoint it. And uh, yeah, that was it. Um, <laughs> But, you know, it's the idea of, like, that uh, he didn't do anything forever. Yeah. You know, he was just producing all the fucking Taken movies and whatever. And then he came back with Lucy, which is a fucking brain-dead movie. That movie is numb nuts insane, and I don't understand how it was this huge fucking hit. Uh, <laughs> and it, like, put him back on the map, and he's like, guess what? I'm back, baby. I got the clout. I'm going to blow all my money on Valerian. And it bombs oh, so right. fucking hard. That's right. That now he's like, well, I guess I'm going to spend fucking $20 million and do a cheap little movie and show some booty every now and then and make it sexual. And it's just like, you're just this literally, there's nothing to it. It just feels like someone needing to try and make some money real quick. Hmm. And that goes for everyone. Like slumming it in this film, like Cillian Murphy looks like he just fucking wants to die, and as opposed to be in this movie. <laughs> uh, I think it was interesting just because we had watched 
Leon probably two months ago or whatever. Um, I completely disconnect. Uh, like I've never seen Lucy, but I completely disconnected that he'd done Valerian. Um, but to to draw from Leon, where it was just really strange and awkward, uh, it just felt like this twenty five years later uh, just felt a little bit more slick and well well utilized. But uh, I understand the points you're making too. Um, yeah, I I'm not quite sure how I feel about the movie quite so much anymore. I feel like it's but it's a watch on a red box or something like that, or Netflix maybe. But to bring it back around to fucking me hating something, but then they throw in like DMX and I'm in it. There's a sweet murder montage set to fucking NXS, and I can't say no to that song. So it's true, it's pretty fucking awesome. Um, so that's Anna. I'm sure it'll be out of theaters in like a week or so. So I doubt you're gonna get. A oh shot man, I went. Uh, <laughs> it was in the back theater when I went to go see it, and I was the only one in the theater. I'm pretty sure I was texting you uh, as I was watching it. Uh, yeah, I, I think I was the only one for it too. Uh, there might have been a couple uh, older uh, couples in there with me, but I, for the most part, it was me and. That was it. So, yeah, I doubt it'll see a couple more weeks on the theater. So, if you haven't had a chance and that kind of sounds appealing to you, check it out, I suppose. But from there, the star of the evening and how much you enjoyed Spider Man Far From Home now. Um, are you ready? I, I've got my hot take ready for you. Okay, I'm ready. You sure? That was. I'm not sure you exhale. exhale <laughs> okay, now I'm ready. Okay, um, I really like what they're doing with Spider-Man. Like, I think they get the character and they understand, and it hits the beats that I want it to. I just wish Spider-Man was not in the MCU. Because hmm. guess what? Guess what I don't want in my Spider-Man movies? Them to be about Tony Stark. I'm fucking sick of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is surprising because it seemed like he had more screen time in this movie than he did in the first Spider-Man. Um, which I but get like, it, but here, no, it totally makes let, sense. But it's literally like they have made Tony Stark Uncle Ben. Yeah. Like, that is his albatross around his neck, is the death of him. Even though they've pretty much said that, you know, in Civil War, when he talks about, you know, something happened, you know, and I think in Homecoming, too, they basically talk around it so that they don't have to do the origin story. But, like, Ben died, and it was his fault, and he didn't do anything. That's what motivates Peter. You know, he takes the guilt of something that shouldn't have happened or should have, probably shouldn't have happened, but he takes the blame on it. No matter what, like a fucking earthquake could hit and knock down a building and kill somebody, and he wasn't able to save them, so he takes the guilt. Like that's the core of the character. But for them to be like, but that's Tony Stark, and that that's why we care. It's just like I hate it. Yeah. Um, I hate I hate that we now have had two Spider-Man movies that have introduced three Spider-Man villains and they're all villains because of Tony Stark. Like Mm. that drives me fucking nuts. 
Yeah. Like Vulture and Shocker in the first movie turned to crime because Tony took their job away from them. And guess what? Mysterio turns to crime because Tony <laughs> took his tech and fired him. It's just like, I would not be shocked if they do another one. And it's just like, well, I built these octopus arms to work with nuclear stuff. And then Tony Stark <laughs> caused an accident. And now I'm mad. Or that I fucking, fucking Norman Osborn. I'm just like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry forever, Donnie. Like, you understand your like, power and you just put that in the universe. Like, I'm very certain that they're going to eventually, it's going to be like fucking dream casting, maybe. Michael Shannon pops in as Norman Osborn. He's just like, well, I used to be a good businessman until Tony Stark took my weapons trade away and I built this goblin serum to try and make everyone stronger. And now I'm crazy and evil because of Tony Stark. And I'm going to lose my fucking mind. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Um, that's great. Um, did you know the Mysterio uh, villain beforehand? Uh, have we talked about how much I love Spider-Man and the giant <laughs> almost entire bookshelf I have of Spider-Man comics? Yes, I know who Mysterio is. He's the fucking best. So is this pretty much in line with? Kind of that, although they uh, clipped it with uh, Tony Stark? Uh, Mysterio Quentin Beck was a uh, uh, special effects guy for movies and turned to a life of crime and he used his knowledge of using visual effects to do shit like this. Okay. So, yeah, kinda. Um, I mean, it didn't turn into like Tony Stark hurt my feelings and fired me and took my text. So now I'm using drones to shoot stuff up. Um, but I will say, like, there's those couple sequences where Spider-Man and Mysterio are fighting, and it's fucking perfect. Yeah. Like all the weird, like him not being able to see what's real and doing all these weird, like that's perfect Mysterio shit, and I loved every second of it. Fuck yeah. But then we literally have fucking flashbacks. To fucking Iron Man one because we have to be like, well, no, it's it's about Tony Stark, guys. Remember. <laughs> uh, that being said, I fucking love this movie. So good. Um, um, I think those like I said, are I, really great. Uh, I think you get the um, meta with itself with the whole like. <laughs> it feels like they're showing, the process of how, uh, CGI movies are made nowadays. To the point where, like, they're driving along that mountainside. They're like, if you just twist the wheel, like, that's just, that could just be done in computer. Like, the the car dodging to the side a little. Like, there's no way they'd risk these actors on this mountainside to malfunction. Like, it's just so weird and strange and fantastical. Well, I mean, like, if... Marvel wasn't Mar- like I don't want to seem like I hate Marvel. <laughs> I know I've been down on the last few movies. Um, I genuinely kind of like this movie. I don't think it's as good as uh, Homecoming. Um, but uh, like, if Marvel technically wanted to do something interesting, this could have been a discussion on, like you said, it's almost a discussion on film and the idea of Quentin Beck being like, you know, I create these worlds and people believe it because it's my reality. I tell people what them is and you could 
tie that into how we view superhero movies and how they've taken over the multiplex and that's where people live now and ardently defend these things and you know literally want to spend money just so endgame can have a fucking highest box office record because they feel so much for it and the idea of how we're manipulating them to do this like they could have went really deep in it instead there's some surface level stuff um uh i like uh (coughs) excuse me um i like the chemistry between um holland and zendaya Mm -hmm. like i think they're really good um i think until you get to the turn where you know uh because again (laughs) the MacGuffin, quote unquote of this movie the thing everyone needs is fucking tony stark's glasses because it has to be about tony stark um once you get to the point where like Tom Holland, Spider-Man gives Mysterio the glasses and then he does the reveal that he's bad and everyone's an actor. Like then the movie picks up, but I think up until that point, all the Spider-Man stuff is kind of flat and boring. Yeah. Um, Um, I I even watched the trailers and they had like fight scenes that like of him fighting crime in New York that aren't in the movie that kind of weird me out. Like I was so intrigued by Marvel trailers now that I don't watch them until after I see the movie to see all the shit they're kind of tricking people about with the trailers. Um, and like, even when he's in front of the group of people, like raise that fundraiser or whatever, he just feels so awkward. And it's like, he should be much more um, in control of himself than he is, than he seems to be. Um, but like they did that PTSD, stuff in Iron Man 3 and like to rehash it when nobody seemed to like when they did it for 3 um, just seems like a missed, missed move um, but yeah after the reveal like I had no knowledge of Mysterio and like he shows up fucking Jake Gyllenhaal's charismatic as fuck and I'm just like yeah let's get him in all the fucking movies like yeah, a new hero, and like you kind of see the pieces, and it's like, is he bad? I don't want him to be bad. Like, I'm hoping he's telling the truth. There's a multiverse, blah blah blah. And like, he goes to change over the glasses, like, shit, I definitely see where this is going now. And like, all right, let's do this. But like, all the shit that he like, the fights between Mysterio and, and Spider Man are ridiculously awesome. And like, yeah, and like, I love you know in that last one when he literally is just like, I need to rely on my spider sense. Like that's the only way he can beat him. He literally shuts his eyes and then does that whole action sequence. Like shit, like that makes me as a Spider-Man nerd, yeah, fucking geek out. But it's just, it just really bucks me. (laughs) (laughs) All the, I, I don't know how to explain it. Like. One thing I don't get, um, there's two lines of thought that I feel it could be, but I haven't figured out which one I want to make my conspiracy theory yet. Um, One, it's that Marvel got this contract deal with Sony. Excuse me. And then basically was like, you, you know, you guys took our best characters and wouldn't let us have them. So we had to build our giant, billion dollar franchise on the backs of people no one cared about so now we are just gonna make you suck their dicks this is all gonna be about fucking iron man that's what you 
fuck you, Spider-Man. We don't need you. It's Iron Man. The other line of thought is that they are intertwining these movies so heavily into the MCU that if Sony ever decides they want to not do this deal anymore, they have to completely reboot it. Yeah. They have to start over from scratch. And so it's a way of Marvel kind of leveraging of being like, <laughs> let's stay in this deal because look, it's working and well, you can't do anything about it because you know, you'd have to recast everyone because it's all and do it over. And you saw how well that worked last time. You don't want to do that again. Which it's really funny how they're wow. treading that line because uh, bringing in uh, what's the name for the news reporter? Um, yeah, how does that not make any <laughs> sense? I was just like, "Fuck you!" It I really love it, but brain. I hate it because it makes yeah, no yeah. sense. I was like, "Son of a bitch!" They actually went for it, and none of that makes sense. <laughs> Although once we get to the fucking like, let's get to the end credit scene. I fucking hate it. <laughs> Like, I fucking hate it. Um, there is never been a good story about Peter Parker's identity getting out. Yeah. Like, it's always been the worst. Because that's the whole thing is, like, you need to keep him behind a mask. Also, fairly certain he's the only character in the MCU who has a secret identity. And now they're just like, second movie, we're blowing it up, bitches. Everyone knows. And I'm like, ah, I don't want to go down this fucking road. No one cares. Up to that point, <laughs> um, the end credit where him, him and Zendaya are swinging and she hates it. Like, I was like, that's fantastic. Like, it's we're not getting that Kirsten Dutz movie move where uh, she can't, she loves doing that. And like, it's kind of clear if they're doing that, who uh, Spider-Man is. And then to have his reveal like that, very Iron Man esque, it's it it feels dirty um, to a point where we came off Endgame and where Iron Man died. I was like, oh well, I bet you they get um, Downey Jr. to do the voice of his suit now, and like he doesn't use his suit voice at all during this movie. Which, Which good, he yeah. fucking shouldn't. Yeah, I, I totally agree. So, like when he went when he went to the spider sense, I figured um, he was messing with his a drone in a suit to like that was going to be his eyes for the fight. And I'm glad they didn't do it that way and like relied on his spider sense. So, I I'm just really yeah. enjoyed this movie and I'm really excited to see it again. If only just for the Mysterio and Spider Man fights, because like that's just madness. I think I come down to like that. I'm just not engaged with any of the Spider-Man stuff in that first half. Mm -hmm. And then um, I like the Peter on vacation stuff, but I kind of hate all the stuff around him. (laughs) Whereas like, I liked those characters in the first movie and the kind of like rapport they had. But in this one, it's just like, yeah, it's trying to go between so many of yep. them that it kind of loses focus. Yep. Um, I also like kind of, it bugs me that the MCU has this very fertile playground of that. What happened between snaps, you know, five years for some people like nothing and others live through it and the torment. There's all this ground to tell these interesting stories and this is probably the only time they're 
really gonna mention it and yeah. it's just that one little kid grew up and is macking on MJ <laughs> yeah fair enough um, also also okay. there's there's that fucking like when they're like oh it's Ben I think his name is or whatever and they're like that little kid who used to cry at basketball and now he's all grown up and hot and I was just like what 16 year old knows what a fucking 11 year old does and knows <laughs> them like no yeah no um, also, the second uh, Africa that's seen, the fucking scroll's still around. Also, what the hell? Yeah, is... and that's dumb too. <laughs> what the hell? This shit is uh, Sam Jackson at? Uh, if I had to guess, um, I would say it is sword. Oh, okay. um, kind of the intergalactic shield. Um, it looks like they probably built that facility. Uh, prob- maybe in between like the five years yeah. that there was like snap or whatever. Cause now I run into these things of like, was, were the scrolls just impersonating Nick Fury for this? Or was like, did Nick Fury not really get snapped? And it was the scrolls who got snapped at the end of infinity war. And you know, like how long has Nick Fury been hanging out in space? And it's really been just a shapeshifter <laughs> pretending to be him. You know, it's, 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 it, it doesn't excite me in a way that I really wish that would have um, coming off of the last movie of this phase mm-hmm. and not quite knowing what they're doing next. Cause Marvel hasn't really, you know, announced anything they wanted, you know, end game to kind of fucking breathe before they moved on. Uh, I was kind of hoping for something bigger, kind of show me what, yeah. what the plan is on what we're going to do. Do they, do they um, have the next movie announced? No, they haven't announced anything yet. I mean, they're filming Black Widow right now, but they haven't announced yeah. anything. Wild. <clears throat> yeah. Um, plus, there's the thing of, like, the contract that they wrote, I think this was the last movie that technically they have signed for their deal with Sony and Spider-Man. Uh, so I don't yeah, know, like... because they think they've been... Uh, exploring bringing Venom into the next Spider-Man movie yet, weren't they? Yep, and uh, the MCU straight, you know, Kevin Feige and them said, you know, like, those aren't canon because it would tie into the MCU and we're not doing it. Like, is, so, like, they're in their own little universe. Is Mysterio's part of the Sinister Six, though, isn't he? Again, we now have three of the Sinister Six who have been created by Tony Stark. <laughs> Oh, fun stuff. Fun fucking stuff. So, I think if you enjoyed Homecoming, you're definitely going to like Far From Home, even though we just spoiled everything. So, just go into it knowing it's going to be a fucking hell of a ride. Minus the Tony Stark stuff. <laughs> really? Just like, I don't know. There's not a lot there, to be honest. Yeah. Like, but it doesn't kind of have like that, that same kind of like charm I felt the first mm-hmm. one did. Yeah, I can agree with that. Um, I think it's just fun to explore this little, this little itty bitty time timeline. Um, that being said, I I could be happy to not bring up Tony Stark again. Um, I believe we're probably gonna get Riri, so I don't think that's gonna happen anytime soon. So we'll see. <laughs> the fuck we are. It's okay, <laughs> buddy. We're not. We'll see. We'll see. Um, so yeah, that's Spider-Man, 
then what are we watching for next week? Obviously, Stranger Things 2 season... Or season 3, sorry. Um, yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> theatrically, we have Midsommar and... Oh, that's it, because we it. watched Spider-Man yeah, early. Spider-Man, obviously. Yep. Uh, so uh, then again, we don't have a worst because we again have no access to the worst this week. Uh, <laughs> I even dug through fucking voodoo and fucking you. I was looking on YouTube for it. What's uh, the worst? So no worst. Uh, Alone in the dark, the uh, Christian Slater, Tara Reed, Ubol adaptation of the video game. It's fucking awful. I saw it in theaters <laughs> when it came out. That. Why does that sound so familiar? Wasn't there a horror movie that was titled that like a couple of years back? Uh, maybe. I don't know. Maybe you're thinking of this. Mm. It, it is a horror-esque thing. It's bad. Uh, so but. then we're going with uh, Two Towers for next week? No. No, Two Towers is not until it's spot on the Fellowship, son. Okay. We got a couple weeks. Calm your shit. We got a couple weeks till we go there. Uh, Instead, you're going to be more excited about this, okay? Yes. For the best, we have more Nolan. Shit. (laughs) Which one are we fucking tackling? Uh, Inception. Oh, no. I fucking love that movie. We're in. I can never tell with you because you hate Nolan. Listen, so. there's a very fine line of Nolan love and hate, so we'll, I'm sure we'll explore it all. So, um, are we watching anything else then? Do you want to do that other yeah, if I... horror movie that you wanted that you brought up a few weeks back? Mm, are you asking me to do a horror movie? Uh, yeah, let's do it. Let's get the horror movies out of the way. <laughs> Midsummer and whatever that other one you were talking about. So. Cool. Watch all that we stuff, can do that. and we'll talk about it all next week for episode 108. Catch you later. Peace, pineapple, and all that good stuff. <laughs>